Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. You're faithful, God. You're faithful, God. You're faithful, God. You're faithful, God. We haven't forgotten who you are, oh God. You're absolutely God. Oh God. Hallelujah. You are God. Oh God. I don't know what you have your trust in this morning, but I hope it's in the living God. I hope it's in the living God. What does the scripture say? I pray I don't misquote it, but some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But I trust in the name of the Lord. I just trust him. I trust you, God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God. We needed that reminder. We're bombarded with news. We're bombarded with all type of social media outlets. Feeding information to us 24-7. So thank you for the reminder of who you are, that you're the living God, that you're Elohim. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for the perspective that's been shifted. We see now and we remember you are God. Oh, what a sweet truth. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every mind and heart that is tuned in to hear your word, that you give them understanding, that they don't just be hearers of your word, but that they will be doers of your word, God. Even as I was reading on this week, oh God, in the book of Daniel, you said that the king wanted them to choose men who had a level of understanding and wisdom. And your word declared that you had gifted Daniel with the gift of understanding. We don't want to just hear the word, God. We need understanding so that it can be applied, oh God. So someone listening to this prayer, God, you know every heart, you know every mind. Give them understanding. Give them clarity of thought. As Pastor Keith preaches, oh God, so that it won't fall to the wayside only to be trampled on or to be choked out of them by the issues of life we need your word in us God this is not a season if 2020 hasn't taught us anything God this isn't a season oh God for us to barely know you we need to know you God we need the understanding so as the word says in the book of Colossians fill us with the knowledge of your will so that we may walk worthy of you fully pleasing you and bearing fruit in every good work fill us God 
don't let Pastor Keith's labor be in vain. Don't let the sacrifices that he make on behalf of his family and everything else be in vain, oh God. Don't let the insight and the, the revelation that you deposit in him be in vain, oh God, because of our laziness to sit and be focused and to receive the word. Open minds where the enemy has taken in a different direction and clutter, declutter someone's mind on this morning. God and we trust you with this prayer and we ask these things in your son Jesus name amen amen listen again thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for uh, being engaged we ask now that you um, would share create a watch party do whatever you have to do to get the word out I could be a little biased, but, you know, I've been on social media a little bit more than I have been at the top of the year. And I just, it's all kind of stuff out there, y'all. People just handing out titles. People just saying little revelations that was probably just for them and putting it out in the airways and people are absorbing it. But I thank God for a man of God who's been called by God, who didn't sit somewhere and conjure up with an idea just to teach or or. or, or do whatever he wanted to do but he's been called by God so I encourage you to share for that reason so that we can hear a genuine word so that can be spread out there okay thank you and let us receive Pastor Keith hallelujah we bless your name hallelujah so grateful for the musicians and the worship team this morning the presence of the Lord is truly in this place my wife said something so critical this morning somebody for those who are in the sanctuary and those that are watching online say the enemy is after my understanding say the enemy is after my understanding the Bible speaks of a parable and Jesus was talking about the seed and the sower. The Bible said the seed that fell on the wayside. And he gave an interpretation of that. And he said, that's the man that hears the word, but understands it not. And then the Bible says, then the wicked one come and snatches away that which was sown. If we don't have a level of understanding about what the Lord is saying, what the Lord is doing, then the enemy will come in and try to snatch and take away our level of understanding. We need understanding in this season. So I pray that this word gives clarity and understanding about what the Lord is saying. I want you to go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. I want us to look at verse 31. I'm going to be looking at this chapter in totality, but just for the sake of of our topic this morning. I just want to look at verses 31. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning, those that are watching online. Thank you so much for joining us. Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 31. And it reads as thus, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Then Hezekiah answered and said, now that you have consecrated yourselves, somebody say consecrated, to the Lord come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. 
And Hezekiah answered and said, Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, our commitment to consecration. Our commitment to consecration. Here's one of the things I want us to know this morning. Once we receive the revelation that we've been called to consecration, we have to now commit ourselves to this journey of consecration. Somebody say, I got to be committed. Because as we learned last week, consecration is a continual pursuit. If I want to consecrate myself, it's a pursuit. So our ability, hear this, it's our ability to be dedicated to the person, the purpose, and the priority of God. Somebody say consecrated. All right, because I want us to have a level of understanding this morning. And I want to take it a little bit deeper. Somebody say, holiness is still right. Ah, right, that's consecration. Therefore, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what does our commitment to consecration require of us? I mean, I mean, many of us have grown up in church and they said we're going on this time of consecration, but many of us don't know what this level of consecration requires of us. Because why is this significant? Because you will never receive our, your consecration if you fail to find yourselves committed to the pursuit of consecration. I want y'all to say this again. I've, I've got to pursue consecration. Come on, somebody say, I've got to pursue consecration. All right, we've learned last week that God's will for our consecration is this. Consecration identifies us. If you weren't with us last week, consecration invites him. I need God to come into my atmosphere. And consecration impounds us. It, it, it confines me and protects me. That's good news. But even the greater news is that consecration invokes him. It causes God to move. And the reason why God is not moving in many of our lives is because we're not consecrated. Even more, that means God will not move if we don't commit ourselves to consecration. In other words, there is a commitment for our consecration. And this is where we find King Hezekiah and the people of Judah in our text. I want to just tell you what's going on in our text. King Hezekiah finds himself taking reign and rulership of Judah after 16 years under the rule of King Ahaz. I, I want y'all to stay with me. So King Hezekiah is coming on the scene in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. But I want you to notice something about the previous ruler, King Ahaz. Notice what the text says in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 verses 1 through 4, speaking of this former king. The Bible says he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord as his father did. David had done for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for for Baal he burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom and he burned his children in the fire Ooh. according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel and he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places somebody say in the temple and under every green tree. So in other words, King Ahaz was disobedient. We see that in verse number one. King Ahaz operated in divination. We see that in verse number two. And his deeds were de demonic. We see that in verse number three. And his worship was disingenuous. Somebody say he was in need of consecration. 
he, he was in need of consecration. But even more, notice this, because the king was disobedient, because the king operated in divination, because the king had demonic deeds, and because his worship was disingenuous, it left the children or the people of Judah defiled, uh, in need of consecration. Notice what verse number five um, says in our text. It says, therefore, the Lord had got um, his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria. They defeated him and carried away a great multitude of them as captives and brought them into Damascus. Then he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel who defeated him with a great slaughter. Here's a word of wisdom. Some of y'all got to be careful who you follow. Because what they find themselves in fellowship with can cause you to fall. Uh, the, the, the people of Judah followed the king of Haas, a man who needed, was in need of consecration. And they find themselves defiled. It matters who you're connected to. Tell your neighbor, it matters who you're connected to. So now we find King Hezekiah coming on the scene in chapter 29 of 2 Chronicles at a time where the people of Judah needed consecration. Therefore, the King Hezekiah calls them into consecration and also admonishes them to be committed to consecration. And as it is with the people of Judah, many times so it is with us. Believers can find themselves in seasons of disobedience. I don't know about y'all, but I've had seasons of disobedience. I, many believers can find themselves unknowingly operating in divination because it matters who you follow. It matters who you follow. Many times our deeds have become de demonic and we can come to church and look like we're worshiping and our worship be disingenuous in need of cons. Secretion. And I believe uh, even as God caused the um, King Hezekiah and the people of Judah to be consecrated, he can do likewise in our lives. Because King Hezekiah gave the people of Judah instructions. Somebody say instructions. And if we can follow these same instructions, I believe we can walk in our commitment to consecration. And I want us to examine chapter 29 in totality as we glean from the wisdom of Hezekiah and the will of the people of Judah so that we too can consecrate ourselves. Y'all been probably saying, well, what does that mean, Pastor Keith? I know this is a month of consecration, but what, it, what does that require of me? I want to talk about that this morning. Let's look at verses 5 through 6. If you're just taking notes, just jot that down because we're going to look at 29 in totality. Notice what the Bible says. And it said, and said to, to them, this is King Hezekiah speaking to the people of Judah, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Some of us got rubbish on us. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him have turned their faces from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. Consecration that is received requires sin that is repented of. Y'all got to stay with me. If I, if I want to be consecrated, it requires sin to be repented of uh, because sin will always keep you from seeing the Father. In other words, our commitment to consecration requires an atonement. So, so, so the first thing I want us to understand that it requires atonement. It requires atonement. Somebody do me a favor and put that in the comment box. Consecration requires atonement. This is why King Hezekiah admonished for both the Levites, Somebody say the priest. 
and the house of the Lord to be sanctified. And verse six reveals the reasons why the Bible says, for our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, for they have forsaken him and turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. Their sin pushed them away from the father and therefore caused them to be ineligible for the per person, the person, um, purpose and priority of God. Our sin will get in the way. Somebody say sin will get in the way. I, I heard it declared like this before as it pertains to our necessity for atonement for our sin. It, uh, this, this is a quote I heard. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than what you want to pay. It will keep me from my level of consecration because uh, sin will keep you captive. And we don't like that. It, it will keep me captive and not consecrated. And many of us, we wonder why we can't get a level of consecration in our lives because we've been held captive by sin. And this is why we need atonement. And hear this, for somebody that's saying that's too deep, that's too deep of a theological word for me, Pastor Keith. Well, one Hebrew translation for the word atonement is kafar. And one definition is forgiven. Somebody say, I need to be forgiven. Because hear this, ah, but even so, we know that God says that I can come freely to and boldly to the throne of grace, but what you don't acknowledge can't be atoned for. Somebody say forgiven. Many of us want God to do things in our life, but we don't acknowledge God for the things that we need forgiveness for. Oh, we don't like that. And herein lies a problem with many believers. We declare we want to see his face, but we continue to hide our sin. We say we want to see his face, but we continue to hide our sin. And watch this. You might as well acknowledge what he's already aware of. Many believers get into a place of shame, but watch this. I want to give you some level of relief. You might as well acknowledge what God is already aware of. I love what the New um, Living Translation of Hebrews 4.13 says. The Bible says nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are hold accountable to. That means no sin, no secret is hidden from God. Somebody say he already knows. Y'all hiding stuff that he already knows. I know you don't want your mama to know, but watch this. God already knows. I know you don't want your man to know, but God already knows. Somebody say he already knows. So th therefore, our consecration is dependent upon our acknowledgement of sin that God is already aware of. You know, I ain't too ashamed to tell God about my sin. I don't know about y'all, but I need to make him aware or acknowledge what he's already aware of. Because we can never receive atonement for the sin that we do not acknowledge. God has made it easy for us. And watch this. I want to I I help somebody. Because you're probably saying, I don't want to come to the altar because I don't like that altar call. I don't want nobody to know that. Now, when they ask in the poor group what sin we need um, prayer concerning, I don't want to say it because I don't want nobody knowing my business. I, I'm going I'm to help you because not only is God aware of our sin, but watch this. Our sin is apparent. Y'all don't like that. Y'all ever had... Y'all know y'all nice little crisp shirt and you don't eat something, you eat something and you see the stain on it and you, you try to scrub it, but it's still apparent. It's the same thing with our sin. We don't like that. that in other words, God sees your sins and we do too. Y'all don't believe me, do you? 
Y'all don't believe me, do you? Watch this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21 says this. Now the works of the flesh, somebody say sin, are evident. And the Bible says, which are adultery, fornication. Oh, yeah, we know when you're fornicating, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. We know when you're practicing idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. We know when you're jealous. Outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like. Y'all ever had somebody try to act like they ain't drunk? Girl, we smell that liquor and we can tell that you're drunk. The Bible says, watch this, they're evident. That means the perception that has you thinking you fooling somebody is really keeping you from being forgiven. Some of us just don't want to call you out about the stuff that's evident. We, m many of us see stuff on your life that's apparent, and I've just got to take it to God in prayer. But somebody say, it's apparent. Ah, uh, y'all don't like that. You're not fooling God and you're not fooling us. You might as well ask for atonement. We've got to get to a place of maturity in our walk with God where our consecration means more to us than what we're trying to cover up. Y'all heard what I just said? If we really want God to move in our lives, we've got to get to a place where our consecration means more to us than what we're trying to cover up. I've got to a place where this is why I love Pastor Cole being in my life, because I can be, watch this, and y'all catch this in the spirit, where I can be naked before him. I can share with Pastor Cole what I'm struggling with and watch this because I'm trying to keep God moving in my life. And many of us, we wonder why we're stagnant and the move of God is stagnant in our life is because we've not made atone for our sins. We've got to make atonement and God is already aware. And watch this, we see them too. And what do I mean? We've got to stop caring about what people think about us. We've got to stop caring about what people may talk or say about us. Because while you're caring about them, you're failing to be consecrated. Uh, because your confession, watch this, is a prerequisite to your consecration. Uh, somebody needs to put that in the comment box. My confession is a prerequisite to my consecration. And watch this. Because y'all probably saying, well, I don't need to tell nobody. Nobody don't need to know my business. I, it'll just be before me and the Lord. All right, notice what James 5 and 16 says. I hope we're getting a level of understanding. Y'all don't like this. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, confess your sins to who? To each other. And pray for each other so that you might be, watch this, healed. And despite what you may think, sin always leaves a level of damage and requires healing. And that healing is our atonement. Sometimes, and many of y'all probably say, why do I need to confess my sins one to another? Many times God, and watch what I said last week, pride will always inhibit the move of God in your life. And many times God puts us in a position where we have to confess our sins to somebody else because really what he's trying to do is remove pride from our lives. And many of us are too prideful to tell folk what we got going on in our lives. Uh, I ain't too proud to tell your neighbor, I'm not that prideful. And God will reveal the right person that you need to confess your sins to. And if our desire is for us to be dedicated to the Father, 
and find ourselves consecrated, then we must know that our consecration requires atonement. Uh, So the first thing I I want y'all to know is that our consecration, if we're going to be consecrated in this season, if we're going to walk out this level of consecration, we've got to make atonement for our sins. Somebody say, I need to be forgiven. Uh, And if I'm going to be forgiven, I got to acknowledge what God is already aware of and what is already apparent to people. Now, let's look at verse number 24. told you I'm going to look at this in totality. The Bible says, and the priest killed them and presented their blood on the altar as a sin offering to make an atonement for all Israel. Somebody say all. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering be made for all Israel. Somebody say all. Here's what I want you to know. The next thing is our access to consecration is determined by what you, um, you put on the altar. My my access to consecration is determined by what I put on the altar. And altars, watch this, were always a place of sacrifice in biblical times. Even more, it was always a place of death. Because watch this, if I'm going to be consecrated, something has to die. Somebody say, something has to die. In other words, hear this. Here's my second point. Consecration requires an altar. It requires an altar. You ain't got to be no construction worker to build no altar. You just got to kill some stuff. Tell your neighbor, I got to kill some stuff. In other words, what are you willing to sacrifice to see God? Because something has to die. Ah, Here's the question. You got to ask yourself as you commit to consecration, what in your life is hindering you from seeing God? That, that, that's a critical question I've got to ask myself as I'm moving towards consecration. What in my life is hindering me from seeing God? And whatever that is, I've got to put it on the altar. Somebody say, i got to kill it. I've got, I've, got, I've got to kill it. Some of y'all don't want to kill some stuff in your life. And, and watch this. What do I mean? Maybe your ego needs to be laid on the altar. Maybe your envy for another brother and sister in Christ needs to be laid on the altar. I was just telling the MITs this morning, uh, I I acknowledge, and I I don't mind saying this now, that that, um, MIT Rondell and MIT Denshell um, will be given their license, their ministerial license in December. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for them. And, and 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 I told the other MITs to be careful about the posture of your heart concerning them too. Because watch that, your envy towards them will keep you from seeing God. And you, want, you may be, want to be elevated, but God won't elevate you while you're in your envy. And maybe your evil deeds maybe need to be laid on the altar. Because what you lay on the altar is your access to the Father. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. Whenever there was old, in, in the Old Testament, they would create or build an altar. And it was always to get access to the Father. I heard Dr. Copeland say it like this, that the altar is the intersection between heaven and earth. Oh, that's good news to me. That, that, that it requires an altar. So when we come to the altar, in essence, what we're saying is, God, this thing that I'm getting prayer concerning needs to die. Uh, something needs to die. And watch this. We've all got something that needs to be laid on the altar. Somebody say, we all got something. All. That, that, that means this pastor has something. I don't care how long you've been saved. There's something in your life that needs to be laid on the altar. 
Something needs to be laid on the altar. This is why King Hezekiah declared this in verse 24 of our foundational text concerning the sacrifice on the altar, that it be made. Watch this. He, he could have said, I just want it made for, for Judah. He could have said, I just want it made for the Levitical priests because they're doing some crazy stuff. I could, he could have said that I just want it made for those around me, but he says for all Israel. In other words, no one was exempt from something being laid on the altar. And watch this. If you think you ain't got nothing to be laid on the altar, you watch this. You will never see God. The folk that feel like I ain't got nothing to deal with, I've been, I've been serving God a mighty long time. Okay, you're going to be serving him a mighty long time, but you will not see him. No one was exempt. And this is why Romans 3, 22, um, 3 verse 23 says this. For all have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God. Therefore, we have to not think more highly of ourselves than we are. And continually examine ourselves as we endeavor to consecrate. Because we've all got something that needs to be laid on the altar. And watch this. This is why I said it's so critical for us to be careful who we follow. We've got a lot of pastors trying to push people to holiness. And they won't lay anything on the altar. If this pastor ever gets to a place where I feel like I'm beyond prayer, where I feel like I'm beyond the very altar call that I'm calling myself, y'all better run. Somebody say, y'all better run. And we got folk in churches following pastors that ain't laying nothing on the altar. I ain't saying you need to be there every Sunday, but at least one Sunday, lay your saved, sanctified, and anointed behind on the altar. And watch this. The very person you're following is inhibiting you from seeing God. That's why King Hezekiah said, no, this needs to be made for everybody. Somebody say everybody. Ah, even more. Watch this. Altars were not only places of sacrifice, but altars were places of seeking. So stay with me. If I'm going to consecrate in this season, it's one thing to make a sacrifice. But tell your neighbor, I've got to also be seeking. I've all, I gotta I got also be seeking. What do I mean? What do I mean? Abraham built an altar and called on the Lord in Genesis 12 and 8. Jacob built an altar and called on the Lord in Genesis 35 and 7. And Moses built an altar and called on the Lord in Exodus 17, 15. Ah, what am I trying to say? If you're not seeking God, you will never see your consecration. Many people think. Because I'm doing everything that they told us to do in a little email that I'm going to see God. But if you're not seeking God, and watch this, we've got to get to a place where people don't seek God for us, but we seek God for ourselves. Tell your neighbor, I've got to seek him for myself. I, I, I love the fact that Shan can pray like she pray, but God sometimes is looking for me to seek him for myself. I'm not saying we don't get in places of weariness where we need somebody to lift us up in prayer. Girl, lift me up in prayer. But while she lifting you, you need to lift your own behind your own self. Oh, don't let me lift you alone. Tell your neighbor, don't let me lift you alone. Ah, that means your commitment to consecration. Watch this. Uh, it requires your commitment to prayer. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, it says, Therefore I desire that men pray everywhere. Somebody say, I've got to be committed to prayer. Yeah. Uh, not only that, it requires my continual prayer. First Thess Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Uh, I've got to be, somebody say, I've got to be continual in prayer. 
And watch this. You got to be, some of y'all ain't content in the prayer. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Somebody say content. Y'all praying to God angry and you won't see God. Somebody say, I've got to be content in prayer. So, so, so watch this. If, 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 if I'm in this season uh, of consecration, but I'm not praying, consecration will never be produced in my life. I, I'm trying to make this easy for us. Many of us don't understand when we say this word consecration, it seems too deep for me. No, the first thing you got to know is there's some sins in your life that need to be acknowledged so God can make forgiveness. And then not only that, I've got to, somebody say, I've got to build an altar. Ah, we can still build an altar. There's some stuff that we've got to lay on the altar. We've got to make a sacrifice. And there's some seeking we've got to do. And here's a good litmus test for the believer that declares they're consecrating themselves. You've got to ask yourself, uh, and this is a good question, all right, this month of consecration. What's on your altar and what are you offering from your altar? Y'all heard what I just said? If, if, I, if, I, if I really want to ask myself and genuinely know if I'm pursuing consecration, I've got to ask myself, what's on my altar? And not only what's on my altar, what, are, what am I offering from my altar? If you ain't got nothing on your altar and if you ain't offering nothing from your altar, tell your neighbor you'll never see consecration. You'll never see consecration. You've got to ask yourself, where's my altar? Somebody say, I've got to build an altar. Somebody, come on, everybody say, I've got to build an altar. Uh, because your consecration requires an altar. And I'm going to be out your way. Let's look at verse number 28 through 30. The Bible says this. So the assembly worshiped and the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. All of this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they finished the offering, the king and all who were present with him bowed and worshiped. Somebody say worship. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and Asaph, the seer. So they sang with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshiped. Somebody say worship. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Worshippers find God and God finds the worshiper. Y'all stay with me. Worship, worshipers will always find God, and God always finds the worshiper. If you're having a, in, a, in a place where you just need God to move, somebody say, find yourself in worship. You, you got to find yourself in worship. And this is why adoration is necessary for our consecration. So here's my final point. Consecration requires adoration. It requires adoration. Uh, Notice this, uh, because worship reveals if you really want God and worship is what God really wants. Oh, y'all ain't like that. Worship will really reveal if you really want God and worship is what God really wants. I love how in our text that no one was above worship. Here's another thing. If you follow a leader that don't know how to worship, you better run. Somebody say run. Right, you, you know how you got these bishops and these apostles that sit on their on, on, on little chairs and they act like they can't worship? They're going to hinder your ability to see God. Notice this. They all worship. 
The Bible says that the people worship, the assembly in verse number 28. The Bible says those with prestige worship, the king and his men, they worship in verse number 29. And even this, watch this, even the priests, the Bible says the Levites worship in verse number 30. And herein lies the reason why many believers fail to, in consecration is because they're more focused on what they will ask God rather than his adoration. Many of us consecrate because we want to come to God with a need and we're looking at God answering our need. And what God really wants us to focus on is our level of adoration before we even ask. Tell your neighbor, I've got to adore before I ask. I've got to adore before I ask. Your adoration is necessary for our consecration. And I believe Minister Chantel ministered on this a few weeks ago in, in Bible study about this thing called adoration. Ah, this is why John 4 verse 23 says this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. This is why you really got to pray. And I love our musicians, but you got to cover and pray for the musicians and the worship team. Because, you know, when they can sing, they can mask, um, they, um, they try to mask or, or, or conjure up what looks like worship. And because I've got a gift, because I've got a skill, people think I'm worshiping. Ah, uh, but somebody say worship is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And watch this. Here's a good litmus test as if, to, um, if your worship is authentic and produces adoration to the Lord. Watch this. Here's a good litmus test. Is your worship confined to an event? Is your worship confined to an environment? Or is your um, worship confined to your emotions? If all of that dictates, if you can lift your hands, I've got to have an event. No, I need the whole, I need a whole choir up there. If that, if that, if that limits your worship, that's to tell your neighbor you'll never see consecration. If I need the perfect environment, I can't have no kids yelling. I can't have nobody running around. I don't know how to worship with all folk, just stuff going on. Tell your neighbor you'll never see consecration. And if you got to get your emotions together, God know this was a bad day and I can't worship. You'll never see consecration. Watch this. Oh, I want y'all to hear this. Ah, our adoration uh, or, or worship for the Lord must be constant and not confined. Here, here's what I'm trying to say. The children of Israel worship in captivity in Exodus 431. When you're in bondage, can you worship? When you got a tax and you got the enemy on your back, can you find yourself in worship? The children of Israel worshiped in captivity. Watch this. Paul and Silas worshiped in chains. That's Acts 16, verse 25. And, and so hear this and watch this. David worshiped in a cave. That's 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 32. So you got to ask yourself, what's hindering your worship? Because hear this. You don't need an atmosphere for worship, but your worship creates an atmosphere. I hope y'all just caught what I, somebody needs to put that in the comment box. You don't need an atmosphere for worship, but your worship should create an atmosphere. Watch this. My kids be going all kind of crazy. I done had a long day. I started playing my little worship music and I got, and I, my kids got to adjust to the atmosphere. And many of us Want our atmosphere to adjust to us? Now cause your atmosphere to adjust to your worship. I, I've got to 
Because watch this. I done knocked over the speakers, y'all. I don't care. Because I, I don't care. Because you don't need an atmosphere of worship. But your worship creates an atmosphere. That's good news to me, y'all. Ah. Some of y'all. And why? Why is this so critical? Because many times the, the, the issues of life put us in a place where we feel like we can't worship. And we, we ask and we ask God to move into our situations. And notice what I said. Worship, watch this. Worshipers find God and God finds the worshiper. The Bible says he's looking. So if I could just find myself in worship, God will find me. Tell your neighbor, I want God to find me. I want God to find me. So, so the question we got to ask ourselves in this season of consecration, does the Lord have to seek your adoration or do you seek to adore him? I don't, I don't want God seeking my adoration like he's begging me for worship. I don't care where I am in my space. I don't care how long my day, have, day has been, but I've got to make sure that I push myself into a place of worship. I, and watch this. I want y'all to know something. Many of us try to manipulate God with our praise. Oh, All right? We manipulate God. And watch this. We've been taught that we can manipulate God with our praise. Stay with me. Y'all know we love to say when praises go up, blessings come down. Somebody say that's not in the Bible. That, that's, not, that's not in the Bible. Because watch this. Those that consecrate themselves seek to give him adoration. And watch this. In reality, adoration should be one of the most seamless requirements of consecration because we shouldn't need to be led to worship, but we should live to worship. Stay with me. Huh? Because when you know who he is, that revelation alone should move you to worship. Listen, I'm not trying to worship God to get something. It's because I already know who he is. I, so I'm not, and many of us try to manipulate God. God going to see me lifting my hands. The preacher done told me to run around the building three times and God going to do it today. No, you cannot manipulate God with orchestrated or manufactured worship. Because I just know who he is. I know who he is. I, it don't matter what my day looks like. When I see bishops passing away and God gives me another day, it makes me want to worship. When I know and I see folk closing their churches day after day, and it just, and I know that we're still doing well, it makes me want to worship. I don't know about y'all, but when I think of the goodness of God and all that He's done for me, I don't know about y'all. Watch this. So I want you to catch this. Your inability to adore Him is a, as, as a result of your inadequacy in which you know him. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your inability to adore him reveals your inadequacy in which you know him. Do you even know God? We, I don't care that my wife can't hit X, Y, or Z note. She's not dependent upon, I don't need her to dictate my worship. Y'all know some of y'all can't worship if everything ain't right. We got, but I don't need that. Watch this. It don't take me walking through the doors of the church because I wake up with worship. Oh, Lord, I don't know about y'all. And watch this. 
if worship is difficult in your life, you've got a question. Do you really know him? Listen, I'm not going to listen to another man that say it just feels strange when me lifting my hands. My, my next question to you is do you know him? I'm, I'm not going to question no folk. And watch this. The church of old ain't have all this stuff. They didn't have no TVs. Y'all know they had the little fans. They didn't even have no AC sometimes. And they would come in with a praise on their lips. Because watch this. Many of us, our grandmas know God better than we. We done got all this technology. We got, we got all this stuff like seminary school. Grandma ain't never go to seminary school. But she knows God. Many of us have gone to all kind of schools trying to learn about a God that we know nothing. Uh, Miss Ivera, I love you and God loves you because you know God. She know God more than some of these preachers that's preaching about him. Because watch this. The reason that I know she knows God is because of a level of adoration for God. Tell your neighbor, do you know him? Do you know him? So, so watch this, and I'm going to be out your way. Your consecration requires your adoration of him. Our calling to consecration, watch this, it requires a commitment. I hope I made this plain this morning because consecration is a pursuit. And the reason why many believers fail to consecrate themselves is because they fail to commit themselves to what consecration requires. King Hezekiah both called and committed Judah to consecration. And in like manner, we must commit ourselves as well. Our consecration requires an atonement. Our consecration requires an altar. What's on your altar and what is offered from your altar? And our consecration requires adoration. That's, that's the ease. Somebody say, that's the ease part. Oh, that should be the ease. The seeing stuff, I get it. The stuff that I don't want to die, I get it. But adoration should be easy. Yet even more, I believe verse 36 of our foundational text reveals why our commitment and the consecration is so necessary. Notice what verse number 36 says. The Bible says, then King Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared. Somebody say prepared. The people, since the events took place so suddenly. In other words, consecration makes us acceptable to the Lord. Many of us, watch this. If I want to be used by God, if I want God to be in my atmosphere, I've got to make sure I'm in a place. Y'all know when the old say, said that um, the Bible says that I be my, made, made holy and acceptable in my sight. And many of us were so caught up in the works of God that we missed out on what being acceptable really was. Watch this. And it's so easy. God says all you got to do is acknowledge. Uh, Y'all ain't, many of us think it's, it's how long my skirt is, is what I don't say. And we've got so jacked up by the teachings of the church. And then we never meet this standard of holiness that we've been taught all this time. And God says, I've already made atonement for your sins. He said, I'm just trying to get you to a place where you can acknowledge what you need atonement for. And God says, watch this. All you got to do is build an altar. And what I'm really saying is, God, I'm willing for this thing to die. And not only am I willing for it to die, but God, I'm going to seek you. And God says, if you offer me adoration, he said, you'll be made acceptable in my sight. Oh, that's good news. If you want to be made acceptable in your, his sight, I want you to stand to your feet. 
Somebody thought consecration was hard. But God says he'll make us holy and acceptable in his sight. Prepared for what the Lord wants to do and will do in us. Here's why this is so... I'm, I, listen, y'all. God has not given me clarity on what's about to happen, but I feel it in my spirit that something's about to happen. We've got somebody in the White House that is so bent on turning this country upside down. And I was so baffled when I saw all these people in Washington protesting against something that they have no evidence for. But when, when, when people could see people of color killed, somebody say, and have evidence. They called those people that were protesting demonic. I promise you, I don't know what's going to take place in the land. But we've got to be, somebody say, a prepared people. And we've got to consecrate ourselves. I want you to lift your hands in a sign of, 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 of giving ourselves away. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you, God, for who you are. God, we want to be found consecrated, holy and acceptable in thy sight. So God, as our hands are lifted, God, we yield to God everything you need to do. God, we release it now, God, we pray. God, we don't care about the sin because you're already aware of it. God, this, starting with this pastor, there's sin in my life. And God, I know you're already aware of it. And matter of fact, God, some people, it, it's apparent to some people. Woo! And because of that, God, God, we need your atonement. So God, we pray our hands are lifted, God, and now begin to declare that thing that you need forgiveness from. Come on, tell the Lord. You can tell it in your heart because watch this, he already knows. Come on, speak those things, speak those things. God, we need atonement for it. God, those who are watching, begin to speak those things, speak those things. We, we, we've all sinned and fallen short of his glory. So God, we speak those things to you. We acknowledge them now. Father, for we need atonement for them. And God, we pray now, God, that we can build an altar. As Moses built an altar. As Jacob built an altar. God, as, as, as Abram built an altar. We build an altar now. And God, that very sin that we've acknowledged, we put it on the altar. God, it's a sacrifice. Something that needs to die. We lay it down, God, before you. God, let it never rise again. God, but we kill it. And God, as we lay this on the altar, God, we seek your face. They, those that are called by your name, if they would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and seek your face. God, we seek your face. God, we'll pray. We'll have a commitment to prayer, God. God, whatever it is, we, we, we're going to pray. God, we're going to be continual in prayer. And God, we're going to be content in prayer, believing you to move. And God, here's our prayer, that we might know you in the power of your resurrection and also in the fellowship of your sufferings. Help us to know you, God. Because God, if we know you, we'll adore you. And God, here's the good news, that worshipers will find you and you find the worshiper. So God, we seek your face in this season. We seek your face. God, because we want to see you. And thank you, God, now that every believer that is committed to this commitment to consecration will be acceptable in our sight. We'll be holy and acceptable 
in thy sight. And as Hezekiah told the people of Judah, now that the Lord himself has prepared us, God, we can be a prepared people before you. And God, every heart that believe, those that are watching and those that are here in the sanctuary, for all of us that believe, if you believe that God shall do it and that you'll commit yourselves to it, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say consecration is easy. Consecration is easy only if you commit yourself to it. Amen. We thought it was so difficult. We, we thought that we had to do X, Y, and Z, but God says, I'm going to make it easy for you. And that's good news. There may be somebody that's this morning that says, I'm not in relationship with this God that you're talking about this morning, Pastor Keith. And I want to be in relationship with him. If that's you, this is a good place to give your life to Christ. God can prepare you just as he's preparing us for all that he shall do. And you may be saying this morning, how can I give my life to Christ? Well, the Bible is clear. And I said this this morning, that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. In other words, we're all in need of a Savior. That may be you this morning saying, I'm in need of a Savior. That's a great place to be saved. And not only that, the Bible says in John 14, 6, that no man, somebody shout that with me. Somebody say, no man. No man comes to the Father but by me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I don't know about what you've been told. I, 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 don't, I drive down 15 sometime, and I see these Hebrew Israelites that believe that they're the only ones. But watch this. And some folk believe that there's other ways to God. But watch this. There's only one way, and that way is Jesus Christ. If you can declare that this morning, that's a good place to be saved. And here's the other thing. The Bible says even the demons believe. Many of us say we believe in God. I know there's a God, but do you allow God to lord over your life? Do you serve him like he's God? Do you serve him like he's Lord? If you can say I commit my life to him and he can lord over my life. The Bible says if you can confess that with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you can be saved. If you made that decision this morning, I want to pray with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the heart that says, I need you every hour. I need thee. So, God, we thank you, God, the one who said that. And your word declares, God, that heaven rejoices when one comes. So we thank you, God, for this soul now that is in your hand. And Jesus declared this, anyone the, the Father puts in my hand, the enemy could never snatch away. Thank you, God, for a secure salvation. And we, we celebrate you now. So as heaven rejoices, we do as well. Keep them, cover them. God, this journey is not easy. For you said many are the afflictions of the righteous. You said in this world we'll face many troubles. But God, we thank you, God, that we still have a God and a salvation that is sure. So God, we celebrate you now for this life that has been given unto you. And everybody said, thank God. And amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. If you made that decision this morning, email us. Send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Somebody will connect with you. We want to make sure that your election and your salvation is sure. And hear this. There may be somebody saying, I want to join this church. I know we haven't been meeting. I know we haven't really been gathering like we could as a church. 
what you said. There's something about this church. There's something about the worship. There's something about the word that I need to be connected to. If that's you, I'd love to be your pastor. Matter of fact, I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. And if that's you, send us an email as well. Somebody from our new members team will connect with you and tell you how you can be a part of this local body. Hey, I love y'all. Continue to watch these messages, meditate on these messages. I promise you, I'm laboring before the Lord to make sure we're a consecrated people, that we can be all that God has called us to be. And watch this, that we can be prepared for what the Lord wants to do in our lives. Amen. I love you. And at this time, I want um, us to receive our assistant pastor, Pastor Britton Cole. Let us receive him. Man. Thank you again, Pastor Keith. I really appreciate the message because it hits straight home. And I don't care where you are in your faith, the word was simple enough for anyone to take with them. So once again, I, I, I want everybody to go back again and watch this message. And not only watch it again, but to share it. Uh, it's one thing that we as Christians, we love to boast about our faith, but... It's not so often that we see us sharing our faith. So that's your assignment for this week. Go ahead and share your faith again, but you go ahead and watch it again. So I just have a couple of announcements for you on this week as we about to close out service. Uh, the month of December is the month of consecration. Hopefully you're seeing it in each one of these messages. Sunday and midweek service will involve teaching on it. Uh, we also have our poor groups. If you haven't connect, reconnected or connected with your poor group, I need you to do that on this week. We are before praying every single week. Also, not only this, we'll be praying as a congregation, and that's on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Details are in the email that will be sent out automatically to you. Also, we will be holding a fast corporately as a church, and we will close out this year in prayer. That is the secret place 2020 on December 31st. One more announcement for you uh, on Thursday, December 17th. This is important. This is your church. Uh, we will be serving the community uh, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We will be serving teachers at both Shaw and Bell Witter Elementary. I promise you we're going higher. We used to just do one school. Now we're doing two. And we will be distributing over 100 gifts to students in need. So not only we're going to serve the kids, but we're serving these teachers that are working so hard. Uh, then we'll need 10 to 12 volunteers from the church so we need you to come out for those that feel safe we need your help if you are available we need your help we don't have all the help we need yet but we need you to sign up you can serve in two different shifts that means you don't have to be there all day either 11 to 1 or 1 to 3 p.m and if you would like to serve with us please send a message or email provided to the details at church office at waytampabay.org once again that's church office at waytampabay.org just say i want to serve in the time and we will get back with you for your assignment is that all right everybody and on next week, please come right back here at 10.30 a.m. We'll be right back here streaming live on Facebook. I want you to share, share, and share it again. And remember, you got an assignment this week, and we'll still be on the topic of being consecrated. And we would like to see 100% of our membership online if you are available if you're at home now don't just watch the rebroadcast let's be let's all be on as a family just like when the doors are open is that all right 
All right, and so right now it is a time to give. I promise you, even when we go off the airways, it will still be open to give. You can do it in person if you're here. There's some envelopes in the back of the room, and there's an offering basket. Don't worry. We don't have to have in-person contact to give. We have the website via PayPal. If you go directly to our website, waytampabay.org, and if you click on the giving button at the top right-hand corner, you can give securely on there. And one more. This is the one for the generation, Cash App. Everybody knows how to use it. Our tag is dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. So if you want to give via Cash App, go ahead and hit that dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. And last but not least, if you're old school, and I don't mind it, it still works, you can mail it in to P.O. Box 280003. And that's Tampa, Florida, 33682. Once again, to our P.O. Box, 280003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. Remember, never stop praying for the members that you don't see day to day. Um, as, As we're all concerned about each other, the only way we know you're doing well is that we talk to each other. Continue to talk, pray for your pastor, pray for his family as they continue to endure. We thank God that he has still smiled on our church and we'll still pray for other churches that maybe some people went on to be with Jesus. That's not you on today because you're watching right now. So even as we close out, grab hold hand if somebody in your household. Tell them to come here. This is a time for prayer. This is a family time of prayer. We want to make sure that we're staying in a place of consecrated. Don't just you, but make sure your whole household is being consecrated on this time. So as we go to God in prayer, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, God. We thank you for everything that you continue to do, God. We see ourselves on this morning, God. We acknowledge there's a need for atonement, even right now, God. And God, as we all become carpenters in these moments, God, help us to build an altar to put our sins on. Even in these moments, help us to see with a microscope the little things that we might pass up. There's something for us to put on this altar, God. But God, in the midst of us tearing off ourselves, God, God, we see you. There's a place that we need to adore you for just being God. You could have took us out. There were so many options you had for our lives, but we're still here. God, so we adore you. We know there's a place of adoration, even right now. We thank you for the word that went forth, God. We thank you for all the people that were able to tune in on today. We thank you, God. God, keep them. Give them a mind of peace, even in these moments. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We want to see you back here, uh, of course, on Thursday, our midweek service, and again on Sunday morning. Until next week, thank you, and God bless you. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.